Doctors are trained to put patients first, but how often do they take a moment to look after themselves? My name is Dan. Welcome to the Passive Income Doctor podcast. Just a reminder, this podcast is for entertainment purposes. Nothing here is financial advice. Please speak to your trusted professional advisors. Views expressed by podcast participants are solely their own. So I did a recent post on LinkedIn about um, self-care and basically how often as doctors we put other people ahead of ourselves. And it really resonated with um, lots of comments and people sharing their thoughts. Basically, um, to summarise my post, basically I talked about how you know, how often do we take a moment to look after ourselves? You know, often we can be caught up doing overtime, whether it be paid or unpaid, uh, working through lunch breaks, doing paperwork, you know, discharge summaries as a junior medical officer or, you know, work other paperwork or other paperwork that patients or third parties request during our breaks. And some strategies um, that I use to kind of help combat this. So today I thought I'd make an episode and kind of expand on this idea. So we know doctors and healthcare workers are dedicated to caring for others. And I guess kind of the traditional mindset is that, you know, you always put patients' needs above your own needs. Now, you know, I know also as well that some doctors do, you know, 72-hour kind of shifts, including on-call over a weekend. Um, And I know many of, you know, junior medical officers often have either no lunch break or delayed lunch break you know I recall from my own experience you know as a you know as a resident you know kind of typical day might include you know after the morning long ward round you're frantically doing discharge summaries and medication orders for pharmacy basically to prepare for patient discharge that afternoon and then you know you get multiple pages from the nursing staff you get pressure from the bed manager to try and get patients out, you know, so you forego your own lunch, you know, pushing it back um, and then you're about to have lunch and then your pager goes off, you know, cl- clinical review for a patient for you to see. Um, and then, you know, obviously because you haven't eaten or drunk much, you might develop a bit of a headache, you know, a bit irritable, you know, you can't perform your best and then you get another page, you know, someone else needs bloods to be taken or a new cannula um, and, you know, when you're a bit irritable, you know, it's kind of not the best. So please note, I'm not saying that self-care by itself will pr- fix, you know, kind of syst- deficiencies in the health system. You know, it's kind of, I guess, easier for hospital administrators to say, you know, we just need to improve our staff's, um, you know, mental health training or, you know, do this meditation course and, you know, try and help you cope better. Um, you know, obviously this kind of puts the onus on the individual doctor rather than um, system-wide issues. However, you know, it is hard to change, um, you know, a whole healthcare system. So I guess today we're just going to talk about, you know, what you can do and kind of empower yourself into steps you can take. So what is self-care? So self-care is kind of things that make your mind, your body uh, happy, you know, kind of want to recharge and refuel, um, basically looking after yourself. And, you know, lots of people do different things such as yoga, meditation, um, or, you know, it could be sport, hobbies. You know, for me, I like 
for example, you know, reading, learning, talking about um, financial health, um, property investing, um, going for runs, things like that. So I guess can break up kind of self-care today into kind of three areas, uh, physical health, mental health, financial health. So I guess I'll go through them uh, one by one. So firstly, physical health, you know, what are some strategies you can do? So one would be exercise. You know, this one not only helps your physical health, but also your mental health. You know, it could be, doesn't necessarily have to mean going for gym. Some people like that environment, you know, and might like the accountability of a personal trainer, but it could be just for you going for a run, walking the dog. Uh, diet. Now, this is an area I personally could improve on myself as well. But, you know, kind of having healthy snacks on hand, such as nuts, fruit, you know, might be better than, you know, reaching for the chips. Um, you know, often if you do um, a long shift at the hospital, you know, often the hospital cafeteria food isn't the healthiest or there's, you know, kind of vending machines for chips and um, soft drink littered around, at least in the hospitals I've worked at in the past. Another area about taking care of your physical health is kind of having breaks, toilet breaks, meal breaks, even taking, you know, a few minutes time out if you've had a difficult encounter with a patient um, just to reflect and kind of take a breath um, before you go back into your duties. Another aspect is sleep. Um, you know, don't underestimate the power of a good night's sleep. Um, I'm sure also we've all heard about sleep hygiene, having um, a set sleep time, wake-up time, you know, avoiding screens, not looking at TVs or your phone, you know, for an hour before bed. Um, not having a TV or, you know, yeah, laptop in your bedroom, things like that. And finally, you know, it's important to have your own GP um, and have regular health checkups as required. So moving on to the second aspect of self-care that we're going to talk about today, mental health. Um, these include things such as mindfulness, meditation, um, and then also, you know, work-life balance. Um, I know it's a controversial term and, you know, people say, you know, does it really exist? Um, and you might go through phases, you know, you might go through a phase where you have to uh, work more, but then you can, if you know you've got some breaks coming up, or holidays coming up that can help get you through, you know, annual leave, for example. Uh, this could also include self-reflection, you know, journaling. Um, some people find very helpful. You know, what did you do well? You know, you want to celebrate your wins. And also as well, if there's some difficult scenarios or difficult, you know, patient encounters that didn't go the way you expected, you know, you can reflect how can you improve next time, Um you can seek out a trusted mentor, um, a trusted friend that you can also debrief with. Other aspects of mental health might be kind of having some coping strategies such as deep breathing. And finally, if things are quite bad, please seek out um, you know, professional help such as a psychologist or counsellor. I know some workplaces have it under EAP. Um, if you're more confident with your own psychologists you can also do that as well another aspect um, I guess of self-care and kind of tying in with mental health is kind of setting boundaries you know over committing can lead to burnout 
I know as a medical student or as a junior medical officer, you want to do heaps of extracurricular activities to build up your CV. This might include things like doing research or even a master's degree whilst you're working full time. Secondly, you want to have some scheduled time off, which I touched upon. And I know it can be difficult um, as a doctor in the healthcare system, but you know, book your annual leave way in advance, more likely to get it approved. Um, you know, speak to the admin person or the JMO manager. Um, you know, keep them updated of how things are going. Another aspect, um, kind of going along with boundaries and time management, is kind of outsourcing. Are there things in your life you can outsource or delegate? You know, for example, you might get a cleaner in the house once a fortnight, you know, a gardener once a fortnight. Um, obviously, if you enjoy, um, you know, gardening or mowing the lawn, then you can keep that for yourself. But I know a lot of people don't enjoy that stuff. And, you know, rather than eating up into your valuable free time or causing strain in your relationship, yeah, can consider outsourcing these things. Um, you know, if you have investment properties, like utilize your property managers, you know, delegate, outsource um, rather than just micromanaging, you know, tiny kind of maintenance requests. As a doctor, you know, if you're in private practice, utilize your admin staff, train them into what you want them to do for you, you know, communicate with them. So we've talked about physical health, we've talked about mental health. Now let's talk about financial health and obviously this is the Passive Income Doctor podcast. So I'll first say that, you know, physical and mental health flow through to financial health too. You know, if you don't have um, great physical health, great mental health, you won't be able to work or you won't be able to perform at your optimum and um, affecting your ability um, to work and earn an income. I will say check out my other episodes on money management. You know, they cover basics such as budgeting, having buffers, having appropriate insurances, tax considerations, you know, kind of overall spending less than you earn um, and then also investing as well. Um, so check out those episodes. Um, in the interest of time, I won't talk about them here. Another aspect of financial health is, you know, claim your overtime. I still... So many doctors are hesitant to claim overtime. They're worried about um, affecting their career progression. And yes, there's some you know systemic issues around that as well. Um, but I hear things are improving. And definitely if your department is kind of um, encouraging it, um, I think they've streamlined the processes now for you. I remember back in the day you needed like department head signature for overtime. Um, but I hear now there's kind of less friction points. You know, kind of also from a medical indemnity point of view, you know, if you're working hours outside your roster hours, there should be a record of you working. And, you know, the best way is, you know, over time we're kind of proving that you were there. Another aspect of financial health um, is kind of, if you're in private practice, having an hourly rate goal that is, you know, taking into account your skills. You know, for example, I personally think many GPs undervalue themselves. So, um, you know, it's quite a difficult skill to do well. You know, that you need the breadth of knowledge, um, but then you also need to apply it. You know, not over-investigate, but not under-investigate. You have to have a good understanding of your patients. 
you're kind of like their coach guiding them on their health journey. Um, so this is a valuable role. All too often, you know, I think some colleagues fear that patients will leave them if they raise their fees. But I think if they see value, you know, they will pay. And if they leave, they probably were not the right fit patients for you anyway. And I think a lot of people, GPs complain about Medicare indexation, not keeping up with inflation, etc. These are all valid points. However, the only way that the government will hear the message is if the general public electorate put pressure on them and a cost signal is kind of a very powerful way for the general public, for the patients to feel um, and kind of see what's happening and then they, and then kind of they can vote or kind of influence government decisions. I think just complaining and complaining, um, whether it be online forums or with each other, and but then continuing to bulk bill most patients, I don't think is very productive. Moving on about or elaborating on financial health, you may, you may even enjoy the job or role you're in right now and have no intention of stopping. But things change. You may more want more time um, with family if you're starting a family or have young kids or you want to pursue other hobbies. You know, having passive income streams is vital. But this takes planning, you know. Passive income doesn't happen overnight. And obviously my vehicle of choice is residential property to build up our asset base, which takes time, you know. Um, get-rich-quick schemes are doomed to fail. And then once you've got the asset base, then you can make tweaks towards passive income, whether it be, um, you know, shares, ETFs, commercial property, etc. But we want to talk about it and we want to work on it now, not just when we hit, you know, retirement age and then find out that we don't have enough. So we want to learn from others in regards to financial health. We want to reach out have conversations which are considered taboo. You know, how much are you earning? Moving from bulk billing to private billing. Also investing, you know, what asset classes are you investing in and how you're deciding what advisors are you using? I think often doctors, we're scared to share failures um, out of shame, um, but also afraid to share successes for fear of being judged from others. But I think we can all learn from each other's mistakes and also wins as well. So remember, self-care. Obviously, we want to look after our patients, but please look after yourself. By prioritising self-care, not only will you enhance the quality of your life, but it also means you can provide the best possible care to your patients. Self-care isn't selfish. It's a way to maintain your physical, mental and financial health so you can thrive. So I will end with today's Mindset Minute. Put your own oxygen mask on first. You know, this is what is advised on planes, you know, in case of a low cabin pressure on an aircraft. But it's a reminder, you know, that we need to look after ourselves first so we can function well and help others around us. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please take a moment now to hit the subscribe button and share the podcast because this will help others benefit also. So until next time, keep taking steps to improve your financial health.